0: Hey there, we're Those Sci-Fi Guys. This is that Those Sci-Fi Guys show. Just two working dudes with way different jobs, different lives, but a lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. We're your hosts. I am P.S. McKay, coming to you with a genuine wish for a happy Veterans Day and a sincere thank you to his co-host for his service.
1: And I am D.T. Cavman and I will graciously accept, uh, thanks, uh, <laughs> You know, it's it's a it, it it as as a veteran as a, as a soldier, sometimes you feel a little awkward when people say thank you for your service. When mm-hmm. what are you supposed to say? You're welcome. You know, because that's I would kinda, <laughs> that kind of sounds kind of <laughs> tickish. And then of course you'll see us out there, on, you know, particularly on like the, the military centric holidays, where people, you know, <laughs> there, some people are dusting off old uniform items or unit shirts or mm-hmm. veteran type hats and. And then, you know, because that that basically what that says is thank me for my service kind of thing. (laughs) And of course, when you find out that, oh, you can go to this place and they're offering a free meal or you get a free Mm -hmm. donut, get a free cup of coffee. And then you're you're like, hey, can I go and get free stuff from you guys?
0: (laughs) I guess that's one way to think about it.
1: Even better Uh, when you have to go to a place and you ask for that and you're. You have a, a very recent immigrant who's handling it, and they're like, "What? This is not Christmas!" Or you know, oh like, yeah, <laughs> they, they don't understand the concept of that yeah.
0: There's no it, malice it. behind it; it's just a no. genuine misunderstanding. Like no, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and then you have to be the you have to be the a hole. It goes like, "Well, I, I get oh, uh, okay." <laughs>
1: I ran into that at a, at a drugstore the other yesterday or um, earlier today. Sorry, the, the days kind of run together sometimes, but I did that. And of, uh, you know, the, the clerk who was new, uh, <laughs> yeah. as well, but it's like, I was like for veterans day, you know, you guys were yeah. offering a, you know, a discount Mm-hmm. She's looking at me like <laughs> she's like, You're gonna pay? I'm like, Gotta wait for this. So the manager comes over, it's like, oh, Okay, and it's like, and touch the, the thing on the screen. And the poor girl's like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm new to the country, don't know this. It's like, I it's like the one in July. I'm like, Yeah, like it's not, <laughs> but it's poor okay. Thing. It's okay. Now, you're yeah. Doing a, you don't want to embarrass somebody, you know, no. course, then it makes you look like the jerk. The, 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 <laughs>
0: Entitle entitled me <laughs> yeah. again. Thank me for my service. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got to ask because I don't I don't know. I don't know the protocol here. And we'll yeah. talk about we'll talk about how your your Veterans Day as a fully retired serviceman went. Um, I had a freaking busy day too, all Veterans Day related. Um, but what's the protocol? Do you say happy veterans day i I mean um, it's, I, I i it feels like it should be a solemn and dignified, and I don't know that happy actually covers that,
1: you know saying have a nice Veterans day or you know I, a lot of times you know you just get the more' hey, thank you for serving kind of thing. Happy Veterans Day, yeah, if somebody tells me that, particularly somebody. I know who's well-meaning. I don't. I don't get wrapped around the axle. Sure. But I was a little. You know, there was there was maybe a part in time where I might have got a little. You know, <laughs> I I know a lot of people who get kind of spicy about these certain things. Sure. I try to mellow, and not be that guy. Um, but if the intent is there, it's sincere. Than most people are usually. You know, when people say thank you for your service, I don't say oh, you're welcome. I usually just say, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah. More than you're welcome sounds it's it sounds like The Rock from Moana.
0: You're, think, welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome,
1: which is awesome, by the way.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a great song. And The Rock gets shit for that, by the way, uh, being accused of not not being able to sing. He sang. He sang, he sang guys. I, I've
1: always the, thought he sings fairly well for the, a guy the, whose career has been generally around
0: beating people up, whether yes! it was football or <laughs> wrestling. It's that's just a jealousy thing. I think because the rock is so such a Renaissance man. So well, good at, he, at almost everything. And he
1: actually can sing. It's a little bit different than, mm-hmm. I mean, Disney
0: typically won't let you sing if you can't sing. no, Except, except, except for the guy who sang "Remember Me" for *Coco* at the at the at the Oscars. Did Did you were you able to watch the Oscars that year when watch, when I don't ugh. watch the shows anymore? Well, we don't either. We don't either anymore. But *Coco*, when they did the best songs, it was that was a great oh. movie, and that was a good song too. It was a great song. Um, but it the the guy who sang it couldn't sing on a nationally broadcast award show, like the award show. it It was just interesting to me. Well, it um. could be you
1: know, uh, <laughs> i I went to a George Strait concert, and George came out, sang two songs. I thought he sounded pretty good, and he's like, I feel basically he's like, I feel like shit. I, I got <laughs> old, I, I I don't you know, it's like. It's like, well, it sounded a little more, I think, gravelier than usual, but I thought it sounded good. Yeah. You know, I mean, and then you have people who go up there, and there are plenty of recording artists who really don't sing very well anyway.
0: Or sing at all, DJ Khaled. Looking at you, DJ Khaled. (laughs) Looking at you.
1: Dude makes me laugh, though. I'll say this. Dude is funny. He's... When he does commercials and when he's guest stars <laughs> in TV shows and movies, he's a funny dude. He's a parody of himself at this point. I mean, <laughs> so, Hey, those sci-fi guys, you know who else? William Shatner, you know, I know. Yeah. Mark yeah. Hamill.
0: Yeah. The, well, I don't know about Mark. Ham- I definitely agree with you about William Shatner acting like William Shatner.
1: Well, I mean, Hamill pokes fun at himself all the time. I mean, you remember the, the what was it the Grubhub commercials or Uber Eats commercial oh, yeah, yeah.
0: was yeah. With, with Patrick Stewart Patrick Stewart.
1: Yeah. <laughs> which by the way, if that if that wasn't one of the best commercials commercial that was a of good
0: one. Time, that was I, kudos. It should be out more
1: <laughs> well, I mean you get two icons from supposedly competing uh, franchises.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, but which Go ahead, sorry. Uh, I'm going to go off on another tangent.
1: You had Shatner and and Carrie Fisher going at each other over Twitter about this for years. (laughs) But, you know, I've always been a fan of both. I've gone through phases where I've been into another franchise possibly more than the other. But then, of course, I also have other franchises I like, like Babylon 5 and Mm-hmm. Battlestar Galactica and sure and there's been plenty of TV shows and movies we've already discussed that shows that <laughs> we're not pigeonholed into the two tent poles
0: no no and most most fans aren't it's it's just the loud it's the loud mouths that try to draw a line in the sand so like, like everyone Oh, a bitch <laughs> <laughs> so Anyway, for this for this Veterans Day, I think um, going back to my question, I think your proper response is, "I appreciate that." Thank you, or something like that. I think that's the most gracious answer you could give when someone says, "Thank you for your service." Right?
1: Well, for me, I've always, I mean, I I am appreciative of somebody saying something to me. Yeah. You know? And you don't want to answer a thank you with a thank you. It's kind of like answering a question with another question. Yeah, So that is allow so myself in, to
0: introduce mm-hmm.
1: myself. <laughs> so I, 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 I've i always felt that acknowledging the, the sentiment with, you know, something likewise heartfelt, like I appreciate mm-hmm. it, you know, that it's a way... It's a way of saying, you know, and then I don't have to say the two awkward things. Either you're welcome or thank you.
0: you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thank you that's... for your
1: service. Happy Veterans Day. Damn right,
0: <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> or you're at the ticket counter at the airport and they go, have a nice trip. And you go, you too.
1: Like...
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like,
1: yeah, if you've ever... <laughs> Ever caught yourself making a response that's typically off the cuff that you would respond to somebody like that, or mm-hmm. I I almost said it. Went to a friend's uh, grandfather's funeral. Oh no! School.
0: Oh no. And, no!
1: Oh no! And, and, <laughs> and the cousin is it, my. I was with my my buddy and a group of our friends, and his older cousin came by and thanked us all. Thanks for coming. And I almost went any time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all <laughs> you almost got caught saying. That you yeah, caught it, I, I was like, you hey, caught it anytime. <laughs> hey, no problem, you know. I mean, I, but they it, would it, have it, forgiven you, they wouldn't have registered it. They, the, you know, that, uh,
1: yeah. I mean, you try to usually, if you're a if you have any soul at all, you. Generally, if, there's plenty of people who put their foot in their mouth. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, is, but if it, it,
1: it's the intent, right?
0: Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Intent. No malice. No, just the occasional shoe sandwich.
0: <laughs> A lot of soul. A lot of soul in that sandwich. Yeah, there, there's soul there. Yeah. <laughs> so how was your how was how was your Veterans Day today? It's been fine. Uh, yeah, did you did you, did you did you demand said Snickers, or or said Donut?
1: I I did swing through a dunk
0: and got a free Donut. <laughs> yes, nice. <laughs> wow. You deserve that. I'm, I...
1: <laughs> uh, my waistline would argue with you on that
0: one. <laughs> yeah, you're but... also. <laughs> yes. I don't know it's, where I was going to go with that. So don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, I, I got to spend some time with the family. We had a nice meal together.
0: Nice. Nice. And then, um and just basically relaxed.
1: Uh, yeah, for the most part. You know. The, the, the uh, inevitable uh, war movies would pop on.
0: You know, on uh-huh. the TV and remind <laughs> me, I need to talk to you about that. Um
1: which ones I recommend, or which ones are the
0: ones that give me make my eye twitch for all the inaccuracies. No. <laughs> well, it, that we could do a whole whole bunch of shows on that. Um no, I, I wanted to write this uh for fear of sounding schmaltzy and stuff, but uh, all right, I'm gonna go into this because our topic is is military and sci-fi yes um but uh just quick quick recap for me uh little mac little mac juniors and the boy scouts and uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: we have we live um uh, i don't live in that city but it's literally 500 yards to the east where we can cross over and that's where his boy scouts are all out of and stuff it's like a bit it's the biggest little it's like a small town that's still technically a city mm. um and the, the the old town center area it's this old wild west motif like it was founded as a wild west town <laughs> <laughs> i'm not kidding it's really neat um like they do a whole bunch of things in in the old town there and stuff And our job was to set up American Flags down the main thoroughfare there. So we have to get up at 6 a.m. on our day off. I'm not complaining. (laughs) Little Mac Jr. was a little upset until I said, this isn't for us. This is for them. Do you understand? And he goes, oh, yeah, I I understand. Um, So we set up the flags, and then we got home and had to rest a little bit. But then we had to go back to the Veterans Center. In that same area, um, and um, we had to. They they have this huge concert for for the veterans and their families. Um, this town is a very military friendly town, um, and in fact, it has a huge record of a lot of enlistments um, from the high schools. And in fact, the high school that my wife went to, and I'm, it, it's a sobering. Statistic, but it's also some a point of to be made. How much this town loves this this country? Um, Her high school holds the dubious distinction of the most casualties in the war on terror since two thousand one. Well, all the other high schools in this in this country. That is a dubious record. It is. I know. It's sobering and whatnot but i mean my point being is that hits home and we recognize the importance of of celebrating you know our our service men and women it's just it's it's just important and it's something that i want to teach my children that i am teaching them And, and and that being said we uh, cleaned up this whole concert, and then we had to set up the the uh, the dinner, this big banquet dinner. So we put out the tables, measured them, put out the chairs, set the blank uh, the tablecloths and the centerpieces, and the, it was a it was a a big to do. And then uh, and then we had to take down the flags later on <laughs> earlier tonight. So Flag it's been up. a day. Well, yeah. it's it's, it's- it's physics. What
1: comes up must come yeah. down. So, so, the same thing with the flag. When we put it up in the morning, it comes down every night.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, it's been a day, and so, uh, little Mac, we're gonna we're gonna be celebrating with um, Mac him. Sharing? Choose. No, he's not a fan of that. <laughs> he wants to watch the, the show Three Below with me, which is a sequel to Troll Hunters. On Um, Netflix, I thought it was
1: just about a cheaper
0: store option to five below. No, (laughs) no, no, and I'm not going to get into that, but it's a thing that he's been wanting to show me, so I'm trying to take extra time to appreciate that with him and stuff because he's he's going to be 12 next year, and I don't know how many more years I have uh, of him wanting to spend time with me, you know. (laughs) So, um, that being said. I want to do a little tribute to you real fast. Are you okay with that?
1: Uh, All right. But there better be at least two song numbers, a dance routine, and one stand-up sketch.
0: That's what I look for to a tribute. Well, I'm not going to explain the context. There was a dance routine and one nipple. Uh, Okay. (laughs) No. Okay. So. California. um, (laughs) God. All right. And I'm not even drinking, folks. Um, I am, and I sound more <laughs> sober than him. Um, so I knew, all right, you knew for a long time that you were you were uh, meant for, for your service. You knew yes. that from, from a very early age, very rare to see that. I knew that you were meant to serve in June of 1998. Do do, you, can you think of that? Uh, What what happened then? Well, the town flooded. (laughs) No, no. That was when Saving Private Ryan came out. Oh yeah. And you and I, uh, so I was already moved to a new town. We met in neutral territory. (laughs) Um, It was
1: enemy territory for me, dude.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I know. Um, so we met and we went, we went to go see it together. Um, school was just about to let out for both of us. And I, it it was the start of the movie season and I really wanted to see it. You obviously wanted to see it. I will say this. There was a much to do in the newspapers about that opening scene uh, of the taking of Omaha beach. Oh, it was brutal. And, and I was like, okay, it's going to be rough, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm. I'm prepared. I can do this. I'm. I'm 17. I can do this. Uh, <laughs> and I remember, I just sat there watching the. You could hear the. The sound systems were good then. At that well, point, you could. It's hear Spielberg. It was. It was. Uh, I mean, it was a horrific scene, but masterfully done you honestly felt like you were there. You were, you were, I know that sounds cliche. I felt like I was there and I could hear feel, the bullets. They felt it like they immersive. went by. It was. And, you know, seeing those soldiers, uh, you know, the, the uh, drop doors drop down and the first ones in line are just shot obliterated. And so they're yeah. jumping over the sides of, of the landing uh, boats and they're, Um, getting shot in the water or they're drowning and there's just no, there's no escape. Right. I sat there. I I had the most claustrophobic reaction because claustrophobia is not necessarily about being in a confined space. It's just about feeling confined. There's no way out. Yeah. And I had that immense feeling right then and there. And, uh, you know, I got, I got over it as, as the scene went on but that whole movie i left i left shaken like and i i think i hid it from you um but it was as we a were walking,
1: brutal movie
0: it was it was so brutal but as we're walking out i remember <clears throat> and we're walking up the aisle we're one of the last to leave um and i turned to you and i was like so you still want to do this and you turned to me, and your words, from the best of my my memory, were more than ever. And I don't know if you remember any of that. I remember
1: you looking at me <laughs> sideways while I was chowing down on a bucket of popcorn during that <laughs> during that opening scene.
0: <laughs> well, you it seemed a bit a uncouth. Green. It it seemed a bit uncouth when that man was picking up his arm, and you're just shoveling it in. But OK, <laughs> well, I had to stop when the guy was trying to pull
1: his own intestines
0: back in. But the arm. Yes.
1: Didn't. And to be honest with you, I I have. Colleagues and and co-workers and friends who lost limbs over yep. there now, this wasn't when I was at 17 years old. No, uh, not knowing that.
0: No, but that was when I knew I'm like, oh, yeah, he's he's meant for this and we need we need him (laughs) so that's my little tribute to you and it's been in my mind for well over 20 years now and i just want you to be aware so
1: i i appreciate that it um it's a tough it's it's it is not an easy life no whether you're in it for three years or 30 it's Mm -hmm. not an easy life but I've always said, uh, it's not an easy life, but it's rewarding. Yes. Okay. Now, like everything else, some experiences may vary. Okay.
0: <laughs> so. Oh, my God. Could, could that ever be more true? <laughs> right. So. All Which right. Which is why, so.
1: you know, I will watch military shows, war movies, and whatnot. And I also have to take mindset on times things were made
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the the technology of the time the attitude of the time mm-hmm. of of the 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 period that is being portrayed and of when the movie tv show etc was made
0: yeah the the environment and, at the, of the time that that movie was made versus the time subject of the, so hmm and, I mean, yeah. Vietnam movies are perfect case study all the way through. I mean, I'm sorry, I, I was interrupting you. Go ahead.
1: Well, yes, in every Vietnam movie there needs to be at least one credence song,
0: <laughs> at you, least one. You,
1: usually, <laughs> fortunate son. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're right, and and you'll go, you'll go through cycles. I mean, in the '60s, '70s, World War II movies. All the rage, and then Mm in the 80s, you had a lot of Vietnam, and of course, World War II. They always like to cycle back to because that's when really people can say, Well, we tried to make the world better, and we got provoked and we kicked the bad guys' ass. (laughs) No one's going to say that the Nazis were good people, Mm -hmm. no one was going to say really that Imperial Japan was doing some really nice things to the places mm-hmm. that they decided to show up to. Plus there's all sorts of other tangential things that come around it. You have you know you have uh, the French you have the underground, the resistance movements in Europe mm-hmm. you have you have Navy you have you know, most of your naval movies are taking place in the Pacific. Um, you'll have your, your fighter pilots, you'll have your Tuskegee Airmen stories, you'll have your concentration camp stories, and there's a lot that you can
0: do. Billions of stories can be told out yes. of that time period. Right. Billions. So
1: you can do this a million and one times. hmm But then you'll also see people who will put time and effort into making... You know, create, recreating World War Two era costumes and equipment and vehicles just throw shit right out the window. And all you need to do is, you know, go right down the street to your closest recruiting station or your local <laughs> na- Army National Guard unit and mm-hmm. go, hey, can I see how a uniform is actually worn? <laughs> you see some asshole <laughs> who's got like a pizza-looking beret, flags on the wrong shoulder, you know, people saluting indoors, wearing hats on indoors, and all this other dumb <laughs> shit that you see on like A Law and Order or any mm-hmm. other TV show that's not military-centric, okay, that obviously doesn't have a military advisor. But all you need to do now is open up fucking Google and figure <laughs> it out, right. okay? And sci-fi is no stranger to it. All you need to do is look at the rank structure of ninety percent of the futuristic militaries you see to get bleeding-nose confusions like <laughs> Babylon Please Five, elaborate. Battlestar. Their ranks or structures were like a mixture of of our, our army-centric and navy-centric rank.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So for everybody out there, the army. Air Force, Marine Corps and I think even the new space force all use the same kind of rank structure at least for the officers same basic structure. now pretty much almost every service has completely different lower enlisted rank structure but the officer structure is pretty much the same. Navy yep. and Coast Guard have a different structure
0: but and that's just time immemorum I mean there was the army and there was the Navy. We took a lot
1: of our shit from the Royal Navy, the British Army, and, and some influences from the French and whatnot. But then we kind of started creating our own stuff here and there, as you do as you grow. But, you know, a, a lieutenant in the Army and the Marine Corps and the Air Force is below the rank of a lieutenant in the Navy. The rank of full lieutenant in the Navy is the same rank. As a captain in the Army, Air Force, or Marines. Interesting. I I kind of
0: knew that, but I didn't know it explicitly.
1: A colonel and a Navy captain are the same rank. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So when you... And then when you have people getting these things all mixed up, like... Let me see. It's a good example. Well, Battlestar, right? They have lieutenants, they have captains, they have majors... Then they have colonels, and instead of having a full colonel or an a- and these are all in the same military structure. Yes, and and this is in the colonial fleet. adama's yeah. a commander. The second in command is a colonel. Then it's a major. Then it's a captain. Then it's a lieutenant. Okay, you what? That <laughs> starts off with army rank, and then it goes to like navy rank but it's like Navy rank on roids because it goes to commander admiral. There's no, so
0: I don't want to crap on your point too much.
1: I know it's fiction. I get it's it. A, it... Uh,
0: I mean, it took place over a hundred thousand years ago. So yeah, but they, they had their the own place thing. now with <laughs>
1: documents. <laughs> same thing with B five, right? So they have like a B five is a different story, right? Ensign. <laughs> they have now, here's in B5 they they had it almost right because they did have they have their ground pounders but you see them very rarely but they mm-hmm. did have generals yes you know when you meet franklin's dad you know um mm-hmm. uh who's that clark terrell is that the guy's name or no that was a character um that guy's been in a lot of things he was captain terrell and um in Wrath of Khan he he was Dathan and uh Dharmak,
0: so he you know
1: uh, Oh yeah Paul something or other I think I'm drawing a blank here
0: I'm not going to be uh, so what was he Well, he was in Darmok?
1: Yeah he was Captain David
0: <clears throat> So um,
1: shoot hold on So you get you know uh so he's a general he's got a sergeant major. They got shoulders in that episode. Grappos, right? So that there you go. There. Paul Winfield. Paul, Paul Winfield. That's right. Guy with a lot of sci-fi cred. So they and they're all in green. They're different uniforms. And then you've got, you know, the 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 Earth Force, which is their Navy. And then it starts getting mixed where you got General Haig, who's. Leading fleets. There was there didn't seem to be admirals in Earth
0: Force. No, now do you think that I mean? Because there is going to be an inevitable. I'm I'm going to ask you an esoteric question here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, actually, a speculative question. Um, it's eventually going to go that way. It, 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 you know, not in our lifetimes, but it will eventually be that we do have fleets out there. <laughs> do you think we will go the naval route, or do you think?
1: Well, Space Above and Beyond was a great example. Mhm. We follow Marines and and mostly the marine air, uh pilots. Yep. They were aboard a US Navy-ish aircraft carrier, right? Which literally looked like an aircraft carrier. <laughs> right. They were all using Navy rank. Yep. Right? There was army personnel used in a couple of episodes used army rank. Yep, right. There you go. Pretty simple. Army, Navy, that sort of thing. But here's the weird thing. Like when you have that episode, uh, so we're going back to B-5 where you've got General Franklin. Makes sense. He's commanding a division, right? He outranks an Navy captain or a Space Fleet captain. Sure. Okay. But then you start seeing like General Haig and General Leftcourt and all these other guys. There's no admirals. They're generals in the blue uniform. Mm
2: -hmm. And then you
1: have Major Ryan, who was the aide to uh, General Haig when Haig dies because he has to go and do Deep Space Nine instead of B-5, which was (laughs) hilarious. Um, So he's there, but he's a major, and he's wearing the blue uniform, and he's commanding a fleet, and you have, like, commanders and captains deferring to him, Mm -hmm. which is the complete opposite of what happens on Enterprise when the Makos come aboard and you have Major Hayes, Yep. I don't know. I attained the rank of major at one point. There was no way I would take orders from a lieutenant in the Navy. (laughs) I outrank him.
0: Lieutenant Reed.
1: I would take.
0: I was wondering about that. I was rewatching that scene. There are
1: positions of, you know, responsibility versus rank. Mm -hmm. But you would not, it would be bad for morale to see a sub. Senior ranked officer refer to a lower ranked officer by sir, ma'am, whatever. So it is okay. a it is a good order and discipline thing. Now they could defer, hey, look, this guy's a specialist, he's gonna be running the show. Okay. I've run I had to uh, run working groups where, where there were people who outranked me in it, and I still referred to them as sir, or ma'am. They did not refer to me as sir or ma'am. Okay. Right. I was just in charge of this group or this operation these right. people who were subject matter experts okay I was the one who was kind of coordinating and running things okay this this is this goes against almost all military <laughs> customs courtesies and good order and discipline it is it was bad I rewatched a couple of those enterprise episodes with the Makos today because you know, and I've said it before, I love the Makos.
0: Yes, and I, they were such a great idea. So horribly utilized. I mean, they were underused. They, they were underused. Horribly, yes. Horribly underused. And they showed such promise in, in the episode of the Zindi. Uh, season yeah. 3, episode 1. I They just... <laughs> Oh, okay, hold on There I, I, were a
1: handful of pretty good episodes Where you saw good usage of Mako forces In one of my favorite Enterprise episodes North Star When they have to come in and rescue And it's like the gunfight at the OK Corral Between Cowboys <laughs> and, and Makos That was yep. pretty good too Because yep. they used them And one of the things that they even mentioned I think it was in, what was it? The, either the end of the se- season two When they were starting off in The Expanse is that the Mako's like phaser and whatnot technology was two or three years ahead of Starfleet's. And yes. there is and that they looked big it. divide. Well, they were cohesive, they, they were specialists. Mm-hmm. Really, they probably, the way I see it is the Makos they put on board were like, probably something akin to like Army Rangers or force recon marines they were a bit more of a special ops type group just the way they're outfitted
0: huh green berets army i don't know ish yeah okay
1: i mean yes i i I have served in infantry units and i can tell you the average infantryman is very capable but most of them aren't like hand-to-hand ninjas okay no <laughs> like some of these guys you know like they show right but i'll say this the mako weaponry is cooler
2: Mm-hmm.
1: i mean yes. their face are their their rifles and their pistols are much better than the bulky looking ones that the the starfleet people had okay yes and reed this is what reed got on my nerves during these okay i understand oh he I, was
0: annoying as hell yes Please, and I continue. typically
1: like Malcolm Reed,
0: you know. I liked him as a character too. This was an unnecessary turn that they had on him. Yeah, it was it
1: was dickish, especially from a guy <laughs> who came who came from a military background for starters. I get I get the beef, right? You're the head of security for 2 years, you're the tactical officer, and they bring in these guys. Well, and in the case of the Zindi episode, They were kind of getting into the pissing match over who should lead the landing party. Okay. And then the issue of having to repel borders. Hayes makes a great point where he says with these ships incoming, your security crew is more valuable here because you've been on this ship for two years. You know, this ship inside and out. This is what my guys do. In fact, Reed should have let Hayes go down and lead. In fact, probably shouldn't have even had the option to let him do anything because he's outranked him. Right. Reed should have been on the ship because Enterprise has like no officers. No,
0: it's a very they, skeleton crew. It's like they
1: have, they got like an, an 80 person crew. Yeah. Something
0: like that. A captain,
1: a, a first officer. They have no Lieutenant commanders. They've got nope. a chief engineer, <laughs> who's a commander they've got maybe an ensign or two who's like Are you
0: a, sure a, he was a commander was he, i think it was, was lieutenant commander. commander well you don't know cuz they don't
1: <laughs> know who's the rank they didn't have any hollow pits. and it was always Lieutenant reed it was ensign sato ensign uh mayweather yep. captain archer commander tucker no lieutenant yeah. commanders and here and of course like all like all good star trek shows almost none of these people get promoted during the season <laughs>
2: No. <laughs> whether
1: it's whether it's four years on Enterprise or or you know seven years on the inter- on Enterprise D or Voyager, nobody gets promoted. Okay, no, almost nobody gets promoted. Jordi LaForge got him. promoted like twice. You know, he went from Lieutenant JG to Lieutenant Commander in two full seasons. So, and, and let's
0: good not Gus O'Brien, who so, <laughs> had well, a
1: I, love. Who belongs in this category? Because Miles O'Brien is one of the few exceptions of an enlisted man being a primary character. Yep. And I think it made it it made it more realistic because he was a hands on the particularly when he got to Deep Space Nine. But he was a hands on guy. He was a he was a he was like your your mecha- your um, maintenance team chief, your your mechanic, or your or your maintenance. Uh, he and really, I think by the time he gets to Deep Space Nine, he's really more of what we would call a warrant officer. Yes, like specialists, and they're in. They're, you don't really see them in combat units. You see, you know, you see warrant officers in things like administration, uh, except for aviation. Warrants are just like career pilots. They really don't do any leadership. Right. So. Right. In, in in the army and possibly the Marine Corps, the Navy, uh and the Air Force, all the uh, all the pilots are officers. Um so O'Brien is really I think he might have been enlisted, but he was like
0: a warrant officer. Well he okay. started out as an ensign with the with the pip rank. And then he it's was important. like a lieutenant, uh, you know, uh, first lieutenant, yeah, Lieutenant J G. And then, <laughs> and
1: then the final the hollow pip made sense right they keep calling him chief it makes sense right yeah the rank structure on these shows get a little funky at least star trek is generally straight with it's it has it's all navy rank mm-hmm. and for the most part they you know they follow the naval structure and send lieutenant jg lieutenant lieutenant commander commander captain once they get into the Admiralty, I don't care anymore, but as <laughs> it's all Admiral, this Admiral that they don't
0: yeah, that's... know,
1: but, um... it, you know, it, and what I, I'll say this. I am not griping about the fact I love, you know, the fact that, uh, there's military sci-fi is one of the things I love the most. Okay. Sure. You've heard me talk about it. Okay. Um, you, and this is one of these, th- this is kind of my, um, one of my big soap boxes because I, I, I do enjoy it, but I also get hit my limits with some of this shit and I know it's <laughs> fiction, but again, for the current stuff, all you really need to do is do open source document and go into you- a Wikipedia page or.
0: Or you have something. the entirety oh. of human knowledge at your fingertips now. Exactly. <laughs> this isn't 1992. This where you have to where you have to call a consulate.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it would have been that hard to drive down the street to a National Guard unit and say, "Hey, can we look at your rank structure?" Mm-hmm. Or, <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> yep.
1: You can't tell me that there's probably there probably wasn't at least a handful of veterans floating somewhere around. Uh, a, on a Hollywood lot somewhere.
0: I don't think there's a lot.
1: <laughs> now, maybe not like it was in the 50s when everybody no. served in World War II. But yeah, you're right. I'll say this. There are those who do it better than others. And for the mm-hmm. most, part, most part, B-5 did it fairly well. They made no bones. The Earth Force was a military organization.
0: I loved how B five did it and re exploring Babylon five. As you Babylon five was was a really smart show when it came to logistics and stuff, like because the military you had the army with mm-hmm. with that and it was it Garibaldi meeting he that was one a woman. officer? Yeah, yeah Dodger. Yep. And and but he met that woman who was going to be on her way to uh, an assignment, yep. and she died late, you yeah. know, late at the end of that episode. Um, that was
1: a, that was a really good episode. Grow was a really good episode, it was also a <laughs> pretty you, grim you, episode. Your memory is impeccable,
0: by the way. I, I really well, don't I, know how you do it <laughs> well,
1: because that's that's on my list of rewatches that I watch. That's one of those ones that I really like to rewatch.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Um, But and and this isn't necessarily military related. But when they had the exploratory ship come in in the first season,
1: that was cool.
0: That you see in there, you know, I mean, Sheridan is it Sheridan or Shepard? Sheridan, Sheridan, um, not Shepherd. uh, Sheridan makes a big to do about take a look, everyone, because these ships are extremely rare to see. Um, they're gone for years, perhaps decades at a time and, uh, take it all in because this is a special treat. And it's like, wow, that's really cool. I I liked that. I liked that concept. It was, it was a different looking ship than all the other earth ships that you'd seen.
1: I want to say that's what Gideon was commanding before they gave him the Excalibur in
0: Crusade. Oh, Interesting. Was he... We had seen Gideon prior, right? No. To Crusade? No? So we never saw the captain. We never saw the captain of that exploratory vessel.
1: No. Uh, We did meet a captain of the exploratory vessel. He was Sheridan's friend.
0: That's right. That's what it was. Okay. Huh. Anyway, I... My point being, Babylon 5 had a good attention to detail
1: mm-hmm.
0: um but even they still messed it up right with the ranking system
1: well yeah <laughs> i mean really most of these shows don't do enlisted right
2: no because they're not but... the
1: big decision makers and here's the thing the enlisted ranks between all the services are vastly different okay so you can't all one and the same the officer ranks between a majority of the military systems in the U.S. are Army based, right? Like I said, Air Force, which grew out of the Army, has Army rank. Marines, which is like the Navy's own Army, they have Army style ranks. And I think the Space Force, which is kind of growing out of the Air Force, is Army centric as well. Yep. So, but you got the Navy and the Coast Guard, and even I think the Merchant Marines, Technically have a ranking structure Similar to the Navy Um, But that's That's dragging something in that Falls outside the (laughs) Department of Defense So (laughs) So for me uh, So I mean look I get it Like Star Wars You know you don't like If if you follow the Clone Wars and it's like Captain Rex but he's below Commander Cody Like wait what and they're mixing They're mixing Army and, And Navy rank and You know, it's the same thing as, oh, well, you know, Han Solo was captain of the Millennium Falcon. They kept calling him Captain Solo, and then it's Commander Skywalker, and who outranks who? it's like, Mm. okay, then that goes from, well, is he a ship captain? But he gets made a general of ground troops, and it's, I mean, I get it. When you're forming a rebellion, you don't really have the luxury of being too choosy. (laughs) I get get that piece. Everyone
0: becomes a general, too, by the way. (laughs) At least you see... That there are in
1: Star Wars, you can see that there is a fleet. There's a there's an Imperial Navy. There's the Imperial Army, yep. right? And you see those. There's the rebel. There's the Rebel Space Fleet, and then there's the that you see Rebel Army by the Return of the Jedi. You don't really see them before that no but again it's that's really when it looks the most organized is in return of the jedi Mm -hmm. the republic had no real standing navy or army
0: no No, well which i found weird
1: well you know it is what it is okay yeah we don't have time to go into all the super deep
0: lore that explains all of that shit (laughs) That, which is thousands of years, hundreds of it, thousands of years. I don't even I have mean, a whole grasp on it, but... Uh, which is insane to me. Uh, I'll never fully grasp... I'll never fully grasp Star Wars and that universe. I, I, I enjoy the hell out of it, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I will never know it to the extent that I know the Star Trek universe.
1: Well, you were more of a Star Trek guy. And to be honest with you, I think I'm if I'm putting a number on it, I would say my knowledge of Star Trek is probably a 60-40. Now, more yeah. recently, okay. I have gotten more enjoyment more recently out of more recent Star Wars content over Star Trek content. But the gap is closing.
0: Yeah, and, and I do find – and here's what's – all of this lore, all of this, and I, I want to go back to a question about military representation all in a second. Um, but all of this lore, it was just so inaccessible because it didn't have an application in needing to know it, in my opinion. Now, though, with the with the Mandalorian and with the Book of Boba Fett, um, you're you're you. You start seeing more elements. I know it's coming. I know. I can't. I start. I rewatched the C- season two opener of um, The Mandalorian yesterday. It's oh, good. it was so good. Um, <laughs> um, but you start. You now. I I'm prompted to go. Hey, what what kind of alien is that? And I look in and I'm like, oh, that's that. And then there's a whole, you know, listing in the Wikipedia uh about it and so i learned more about that and it's like okay all right it's at least given me a springboard to to know and enjoy what i just watched as opposed to the movies where i'm like "Mm, it was a good movie all right i enjoyed it or um i can't believe luke skywalker threw his lightsaber (laughs) i i I can't believe it's not jedi that's yeah i can't believe it's not jedi yes so that being said, that's that's my thing. I, do you have a rebuttal before I go into my my thought on on uh, military representation?
1: Um. Well, you know, I'm all about equal representation, so I definitely think in some of these universes there needs to be far more representation of actual military people who know what the fuck they're doing.
0: <laughs> that that has is a. a time-honored tradition in Hollywood showing military personnel or military leaders just fucking it up.
1: <laughs> so, military <laughs> every, leaders every are either shown as, form. you know, crooks. You know, m- it, the military is, It can be shown as either, you know, super rigid, you know, almost mindless automatons. I cannot do that, sir, ma'am. I, yep. I cannot, you know, these violate my orders. There's, you know, all Absolutely of this right. mindless stuff. Then you have the villainous military-industrial complex that's hiding. This was a military experiment. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the Hulk. We want this war to start. We want. Right. We or, want. We want this. We, we want a war with the Klingons. Right. <laughs> Warhawks,
1: which, by the way, that, that is very real. I will say that. Oh yeah, you uh, sure. look through any part of you know Western history, and you will find that. Mm-hmm. promise not just here go ahead and read the backgrounds of war- everything it took to get us to World War 1 which of course yep. then led us to World War 2 <laughs> and you know who did all of that the fucking Europeans it wasn't us no it we wasn't were, we were trying to do our nice little isolationist bubble with maybe the occasional land grab of an island <laughs> here or there because why why not why wouldn't we get involved with you know oppressing somebody else everybody else
0: is doing it <laughs> Let me ask you this, because we actually—I fell down the Downton Abbey um, rabbit hole. Have you heard do of that love show? Abbey. You so you've watched it? We're I'm, we're watching it for the first time, and we just finished season two. Yeah. You know, so the whole plight of World War One and everything.
1: And I, I I do say this, I do feel like we got gypped a little bit. I thought they could have done a little more with World War One. They could have stressed
0: multiple seasons out of it they could have and i think i here's why i think i know why they didn't because for the same reason why you don't see many world war 1 movies because that war was pointless it yes, was a well, pointless war like it, it there was it was literally just oh you're fighting well well you can't fight them because we're we're backing those guys.
2: Yes, oh, crap. And, we got to go in.
0: All right. Well, hey, listen, you guys got to come in with is, us this because is, this is a deep like, rabbit hole. Be careful. We will <laughs> never get back to our original
1: topic if we go down. No, this. we won't.
0: We won't. Anyway, I found it. I found it. I was talking to Mrs. McKay about this because she doesn't know uh, too much about the subject and. um uh but, in, in Downton Abbey. England good,
1: Germany bad.
0: There you <laughs> yes. go. Yes, there was no, there was no outright evil in World War II, but there was a lot of evil done. <laughs> I mean, World One. War One. I. I meant World War One. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> there was I, no got, outright. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's okay. We,
0: Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Whew, okay. Um, have you ever seen the documentary? They shall not grow old.
1: No. I do. That was on my list of things to do, but I think something got in the way of being able to catch up on that. It is but amazing. I, 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 and I, I, I did a
0: paper you on. Don't want to watch it. <laughs>
1: no, it's not that I like, I like watching these things. I'm a history guy. Without being a military, without being a soldier, I'm also a history guy. Yeah. You know, I saw 1917. I thought that was
0: fantastic. I got to see that. I that was good. It.
1: it's it, it's exhausting because it's like uh, it's... <laughs> it's filmed to look like one long take.
0: Yep. Uh,
1: yeah. But the trenches of World War One are brutal. Oh yeah. Okay. And you see that in Solo.
0: Yes. When he's in, I the think intern, that was the first like, time. Why are we doing this? Yeah.
1: <laughs> who, who, who's the bad guys? It, yes.
0: It, it was just like that. You're right.
1: The you you have that sort of mentality, right? Mm-hmm. And and I I get that. Okay. I also get what we call asymmetric warfare, which is where there's no front lines. The fighting is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh God, yes. If you, so oh. we talk I, about I,
0: claustrophobic, by the way. Talk about you.
1: Sorry. Well, really, when you're dealing with insurgency, <laughs> that's really what it is. Counterinsurgency, asymmetric warfare. It's all mm-hmm. its all very much there. Which, of course, in, when we did our, uh, one of our, I think it might have been episode two, where we talked about Afghanistan.
0: Sci-fi in the it, time of the Taliban, yeah.
1: Well, yes. Uh, I
0: mean, you have
1: a, a really in-depth look, to the most part, with the Bajoran resistance in Deep Space Nine. Yep which, much like how we in Western culture kind of tout the resistance cells in Europe during World War II, and note there were resistances all over the world against these invading forces in World War II. Um, But that, you know, of course, Kira comes straight out and says, I'm a terrorist. And then we also talked about the scenes in Battlestar, might have been season three when they were the new Caprica arc, yep. And the suicide bomber at the, the collaborator the collaborator police station,
0: the, the night vision scenes.
1: Oh yeah, so you get that, and then you get, uh, and of course Babylon Five, the Earth civil war. You know the Mars resistance. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of that in sci-fi you, that has come out and both in Deep Space Nine and B-5 was before the real, the true global war on terror began. So you're looking at Northern Ireland, Palestine, uh, maybe some issues in the Balkans uh, and, and Eastern Europe during these times where you had some of these situations going on. Yep. That were probably the, 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 Key points of emphasis, and of course, maybe a little bit of that whole Vietnam stuff that you would <laughs> see. Which you know, oh, this, like you, know, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. So, such and such episode of, you know, the original series was an allegory for Vietnam. Well, well, yeah. Well, it is what it is. The Yings and I, the
0: Coombs. Yeah, well, cooms Yeah. C O O M S, <laughs> M like Mary. Combs. Is it comms? Like communist. I know. Like is just... as
1: in yanks.
0: Yanks, yep.
1: Like, oh, could you be a little <laughs> more obvious? <laughs> so, it, and of course, you can't talk about these military things in sci-fi without having, without be, talking some of the history where they draw upon, right? Yep. But here's the thing that you and I, that always led me to this. Some do it better than others, most don't do it particularly well. Star Trek is brutal when it comes to this because Starfleet is not a military organization. All right, then you fuckers Federation shouldn't <laughs> have gotten rid of your makos. Because I tell yeah. you, the the Andorian Imperial Guard looked to be pretty badass. Even the Vulcan High Command. Oh, well, you know, you see these, these people beefing an enterprise. You're like okay these guys know how to fight And then Mm -hmm. we get to the federation And every time there's a war Federation gets its ass handed to them For like the first half of the war Because they're like Well let me try to talk my way out of this And believe me I'm not saying that diplomacy Is not a a Number one thing to do All right, but you wouldn't see Us sending You know uh, uh, Research vessels from Woods Hole you know (laughs) (laughs)
0: to blockade,
1: you know, the Mediterranean at the start of a European war, or to get involved in the Middle East. No, that's not what you do. You send no. a fucking warship. That's why we keep projecting <laughs> carrier battle groups why? Because few things say "fuck you" than dropping a carrier battle group right off of somebody's <laughs> shore. Okay? Because it's not Which just is... an aircraft carrier. There's like a dozen destroyers and cruisers and a fleet, and and usually at least one uh, amphibious assault ship that includes a marine expeditionary unit that has armored vehicles and helicopters that you can drop on somebody's front door.
0: <laughs> okay? And 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 an air force all to itself. That is larger than most other countries combined. Correct.
1: Correct. So I always felt, and I get it. And you can see that like Gene Roddenberry was a World War II vet. And I'm sure a lot of the original found particularly some of the older people who worked on Star Trek. A lot of them, I'm sure, were probably World War II vets because that's what you have to do, right? That's what everybody did in the 40s, you know? Yeah, Japanese yeah. drop bombs on Pearl Harbor. I guess I'm, guess I'm not working in the farm or at the factory or in the shop. I guess I'm going to Europe yeah. or the Pacific to shoot bad guys in the face. Uh, yeah. So I'm sure quite a few of these guys were veterans, and I'm sure there was a very much. I don't want any more war shit. It wouldn't surprise me at all, you know. The I know Gene Roddenberry was a very imperfect person, to say the least. Ooh, but he, yes, he, but I do appreciate. The positive view of the future, however, and you can see in the movie years, particularly Wrath of Khan onward, that there is a little bit of a military undertone. The uniforms became very military.
0: You see more enlisted people,
1: well, you do because they had a different uniform. You could actually have a different
0: them. uniform, they had the jumpsuits and stuff. I mean, and
1: I like the movie era red uniform it, I think it's a sharp oh, that's great I wouldn't go with red but <laughs> I'm I'm a soldier and I, I think let's not stand out because nothing says shoot me in the face faster than dropping a bunch of brightly colored people down onto a planet
0: ask ask uh 18th century Great Britain uh, 19th century Great Britain <laughs> I'm just referring to the American Revolution. But yeah. They wore red uniforms
1: in combat all the way until like the eighteen fifties. Okay. <laughs> and let me tell you, brightly colored uniforms probably did help in times where communication wasn't too easy. Yes. But it's a good way to get you shot. <laughs> okay. And what do what does Starfleet dress in in the original series and next generation?
0: bright yellow, and... red, <laughs> blue, standing out. A powderish red. blue, yes. Right, and what do they beam down with?
1: Pistols? Yeah, You know, a scanner? <laughs> That's <Okay>. about it. <laughs> Good luck. The, the next generation used laser rifles like half a dozen times, mm-hmm. there were almost always some dude got whacked before he had a chance to shoot it. Yep. <laughs> the original series, I think, used it once. Voyager Maybe, and they had, like, they went from having those ridiculous, like, squirt gun-looking ones that they was like, oh, this is the new phaser rifle, to having the ones used in first contact and Deep Space Nine pretty quickly. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, those ones were pretty cool. Those yes. ones looked like real weapons, okay? Yep. Those looked like something you actually would want to fight with. But even still, most of the time, Deep Space Nine still used the stupid TNG era <laughs> phaser rifles. But they did occasionally use those those rifles that were seen in first contact, which were designed to shoot people. Right. Okay. Um, that's what a gun is for. Right. And you actually saw two variants. You saw what it was a, a rifle and a carbine. They were carrying like the carbines when they were on the surface of the the ship doing the, the thing with the, the uh, deflector dish.
0: Yes, and that's right.
1: And they were carrying like a smaller version. Well, getting back to Enterprise, and I rewatched a few of these. The Mako weaponry makes sense from a tactical perspective. They had sniper rifle. Well, they had one that definitely seemed to be that was probably a multi-use type weapon. It uh, yeah, I wouldn't to be say it's a little longer. Right. You're right. But they did. They had they had a retractable scope, which I thought was awesome. That was awesome. Okay. And you know what the guy did? He got behind partial cover, mm-hmm. he aimed, he had a weapon lined in his sights. He had a sight come up. He zoomed, zoom, zoom, bam. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mako's repelling in. And you know what they also had? Backpacks, which might have had supplies, you know, yeah, energy packs.
0: Medical <laughs> you know, medical supplies. a first aid kit. Right. They come down uh, maybe charge packs.
1: <laughs> right, jump in, and they're moving tactically, right? They're not yep. just walking down with a pistol at the, you know, with the rifle across. Or, like, anytime they, like, when uh, on Deep Space Nine, or or anytime they would do that. I mean, these guys move tactically. Why? Because they're soldiers. And I tell you, this was a bad look for Star Trek in the Dominion War in Deep Space Nine. Okay. Yep. The best you saw was some people wearing those weird black uniforms with the little stripes across
0: yeah they're Couple they're, they're quilted almost
1: yeah right?
0: and they talked about the hopper quilted um, northern uniform <laughs> yeah you're right um but Shiro who's can... fighting starfleet starfleet is yeah there's no That's there's literally bad... no other military force
1: yes Um, And they talk, oh, well, Federation troops, and then they're like, well, we were supposed to, like, uh, particularly the siege of AR-558, again, a great episode, absolutely great episode, Mm -hmm. Um, for many reasons, Mm -hmm. Um, but again, it's like stranding a bunch of Navy, crew, you know, like a bunch of Navy crewmen on on an island, you know, I get, (laughs) I always felt, and there's always, There's always Beta Canon that said, "Oh, Starfleet had a small Marine Corps," or the deleted scene in next in uh, the episode of Star Trek Six with Colonel West, A.K.A. Odo, right? And and, you know that comes in. That looked like a pretty solid briefing to a president, sir. Here's a map. Here's this. This is the direction we're going to go with, and whatnot. That Mm -hmm. I'm disappointed that that scene was cut from the original cuz that was a good that was a good scene.
0: It was it was in the theater I think, but it wasn't on the it VHS, but then it's on other versions. It's weird. It's It it's... wasn't
1: in the theater cuz I saw Star Trek 6 in the theater. Okay. Yeah. Um I do want to say it came in in like maybe a TV in one of the TV ones or an extended yeah.
2: version.
1: You can find it pretty easily online now. But they were talking about uh Basically, a plan to go into Ruripente and extract Kirk and Spock, which sounded pretty good. It's a hell of a lot better than almost any of the briefings that Picard or Cisco gave to the Admiralty <laughs> during the Klingon Civil War, the Borg invasion, or the Dominion War. Right. Okay. And again, what do you do? Because it's Star Trek and all of the, you know, there's, there has to be a ship. Where you do, okay, well, let's take all the highest-ranking officers off of the ship and go put them down and have them <laughs> fight a ground battle.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, it makes sense to me. Well, you know
1: <laughs> you know what I want? I just want a button to hit where it goes. That's not how the force works.
0: Bye. <laughs> That's, not how this works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> no. That's not how the force works. Which...
1: Oh, to York me, it's, one of, the, it's <laughs> oh yeah,
0: one of the greatest movie quotes of the last 20 years for me. Oh, uh, for all the problems that Force Awakens had, that was extremely enjoyable. That, was, <laughs> that,
1: th- that like four or five lines between those three characters was easily the funniest part of the entire trilogy. Yep. Okay. Yep. That being said. Okay. Oh, by the way, that was General Han Solo You were talking to right there
0: yeah, yes, You're right, you're right General, general And I'm Sorry. sure
1: that he was standing right next to Admiral Chewbacca Commander of the Crown <laughs> Forces Because that's how this shit works, right? Yep And look, Makes I know I'm again. attributing To real-life modern military stuff To fiction Futuristic fiction I get it But when you Sometimes when you put on The, the uniform you kinda wanna be represented a little bit. Not yeah. every I'm sure, you know, a gay person doesn't want to go on and see everybody go, Hey or, you know, every Native American have to walk and everybody dressed with face paint and feathers on, you know. We don't wanna be stereotyped.
0: No. No. <laughs> we don't want to
1: be stereotyped.
0: No, it was it. Um Patton Oswald has a good has a good uh we're going to have to wrap this up soon, but uh, Patton Oswald has a good uh, skit, not skit, but stand up yeah. where he talks about he was um, going to be going for a gay, um, a gay role where he's like super over the top. And he just found the whole thing very offensive. Yes. And do you remember, do you know what I'm talking about? No, but it sounds like something I've heard from him. I'm not going to drop any jokes about it cuz I I found it insightful. He was he he was like I'm not going to contribute to this 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 culture of of this this weird portrayal of this you know of this of this population that has persisted for the last 30 years. Yeah. as I'm like the right. butt of a joke. It's like, I I can't, I can't contribute to that. And, and I found there was, he was very funny about it, by the way. Always. Um, But I completely agree with him. And he put it in such a way that I'm like, absolutely correct. You're absolutely right. Well, so, you
1: know, we don't want to be portrayed as dumb jar heads, as mindless automatons. Now, maybe I'm making a little bit of a grand generalization for all military personnel. Okay. Free, freely admit. I do not speak for the entire military. Yes, you do. I don't even, no, (laughs) I am a reference point. You are a reference point.
0: I'm just kidding. So,
1: I will say this, when I watch a military movie, be it sci-fi, comedy, I do want a little realism in it, okay?
0: That's not a hard ask.
1: It's not, okay? (laughs) I want it to look like, I mean... Did you ever see In the Army Now with Polly Shore?
0: Oh, yeah, I did. I saw that in the theater. Mildly
1: amusing movie. Um, (laughs) The the United United States
0: invades tomorrow. How do you know? American television. (laughs) That's a good good line. Yeah, that's a good line. There's another line where
1: (laughs) they show up, you know, he's in the reserve unit and the water treatment unit, and they get attached to a unit over in chad or whatever and he's t- and the first sergeant comes up to him which is a rank the first sergeant he's the senior non-commissioned officer in a company-sized element aka around 100 people in a u.s army and u.s marine corps unit a first sergeant it's like hey i am first sergeant so and so and of course what is smart has to do he's like uh, i'm sorry you're not my first sergeant i wish you were but i had serge- <laughs> this sergeant that's went- Like this guy went through basic training which was really this he should have gone through something like anywhere from like six to nine months of basic training and advanced job training yep um and (laughs) one of the first things they teach you is how to identify rank so you don't get your ass okay now one it was a funny line. I'll give it that. It's, no, yeah. I, it's one I wish I used on a first sergeant once, <laughs> uh, I, just maybe just once. But as an still, officer,
0: as an officer, yes, as you an can officer. do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but still, I mean, it's like it's that kind of dumb shit where it's like, okay, yeah. Well, it's not <laughs> too stupid, okay. For the scene in Stripes where they go into the enlistment office and the guy's like, and this was actually before don't ask don't tell was enacted and the recruiters are like just are you guys homosexuals and bill murray goes we're not but we are willing to learn <laughs>
0: <laughs> again good line but doesn't <laughs> oh my god I, I um i never saw stripes great <laughs> it's on netflix it's
1: actually trending on Netflix right now. Is it really? All right. Probably because of the upcoming Ghostbusters movie with Harold Ramis. Well, oh you know, God. stripes is Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm excited for that, by the way. Me too. That I being said,
1: wait. back to our thing, and I'll kind of get a little into my summation. So I know we got to wrap up, but I will, I will poke holes in, egregious military flaws in movies and tv shows i will watch okay mm-hmm. i freely admit that i freely admit sitting on the couch going no <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> there are just some too. things that will not be tolerated <laughs> major hayes will not
1: call lieutenant reed sir no <laughs> way oh <laughs> shit i don't i no mm-hmm. no Okay. Sir, and, you
0: seem to be out of jurisdiction. <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: there's always this thing, sir, don't don't uh don't confuse your rank with my position. There is a little bit there is something to be said about that. Like I said, there are allowances for lower ranking people to kind of have some jurisdiction of authority, but yep. we don't subvert ourselves to a no. lower ranking person that's that goes against good order and discipline okay if reed (laughs) even if reed was a lieutenant commander which he wasn't they still wouldn't call each other sir okay no no it would be they would typically what you do is you would address somebody by their rank which is not really something you do in the army in officer rank okay usually if you're referred to by your rank by another officer, you're either, oh, yeah, you need to go see Major so-and-so over there, or Captain This is in charge here. If you go, excuse me, Captain, it usually means that someone's about to get their butt chewed. <laughs> you know, when, when officers start referring to each other by rank, that's not a good sign. Yeah. Something, some bad shit's about to go down. Okay. <laughs> so. Usually, you go okay, yeah, Major Reed uh, or uh, Major Hayes, Commander Reed, yada yada. Okay, great. Or, you know, if they actually were friendly, hey, Jim, hey, Bill, (laughs) but still, uh, again, it's just one of these things. And again, the Makos, they were poorly, they were underused. I won't say at with the exception of maybe the hatchery where they kind of almost made the uh the the, the makos the villains because archer goes batshit crazy while trying to protect the the zindi insectoid eggs he gets affected yep. with the hormone or whatever it is and he's like okay well all my officers aren't listening so makos you're in charge and they're like nope you can't do that it's like okay all right now we're getting into a little bit of this and of course Starfleet is the is are, They're the ones who are right And so what they do They have to go take back the ship From the evil military people And yes There's like I don't know how I feel About military people uh, You know Being on this ship mm-hmm. You one, are military One That's bad That's bad writing Yep Okay If it, he could say something Along the lines of I don't I'm not used to the ship Being so militarized I got that I understand what but come on that that's that's poor writing, yep, okay, and it's it's poor generalization, okay? Yes. they could have done better with that. here's something else the they talk about and it's only mentioned in a hand like one or two episodes. I think it was like the very first episode that the Makos came in like the end of season two or the beginning of season three, and like in the when uh, um the episode right after uh, the start of season four when Enterprise comes back to Earth and they're talking and Archer's talking with Captain Hernandez about getting ready for the launch of Columbia. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah, well, the Makos came in pretty handy. I'll say this. So he's talking them up. Right. And you do see the Makos in the background in, in for the rest of Enterprise's run. Yeah. You know, and they are used as, like, shock troops and stuff like that on away missions, but nobody has a personality or a character after Season 3. No. But, um, you know, and he, he talks about, oh, well, you should talk to General Casey. So General Casey was the head of the Makos when Enterprise was going on. General George Casey was also the chief of staff of the united states army around that time nice <laughs> so that was a i very, didn't know that yeah well the first when i started watching on the rewatch i'm like i work for this guy <laughs> <It's> Like, <laughs> talk about being slightly unoriginal
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> but overall it was uh it was a little fascinating um that being said and of course i think the uniforms were sharp i'm not in the uniforms were very good at camouflaging into fake uh, Star Trek backgrounds, but they wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought the Makos were a great uh, group of characters. I think overall that was a, a late attempt by Star Trek to fix a gaping hole, and I know that they're trying not to, but it was kind of. You could have Mako units, right? That's the way I've always kind of threw it in my head canon that the Makos never really went away. OK. But they were break, you know, in case of emergency, break glass. Yes. So you would, you know, they were the ones who lit, who did the landings at Chintaka, that sort of thing. Right. But for me, that's all. Star Trek needed to, I think, be better with that. Even when, with the primary mission being peace, diplomacy, whatnot, I think they should have had specialists for it. Because Starfleet always got their asses handed to them at least at the beginning and if you watch even their victories were very tactically poor
0: (laughs) uh yeah actually they never outright defeated the dominion well
1: they had (laughs) they had military leaders maybe they would have had a better chance
0: right so
1: and i know we're getting ready to wrap up but i did want to bring out there is a reason why I'm wearing this particular shirt. OK, on this Veterans Day, so this was a shirt made by uh, for a unit I did. Uh, it was in. Uh, 10 years ago my. I was in charge of this group uh, and we were, had this base way out in the middle of nowhere in Iraq, and one of my guys one of my sergeants used to work on Dark Horse Comics. Pre 9/11, and used to work when Dark Horse had the Star Wars. So that's how we kind of made a Star Warsy looking logo when we were redoing our logo. But he and I spent like a long bus ride sitting next to each other together, which is how I learned about this and whatnot. We were on our way to training and he would just happen to be sitting next together so I, I was trying to learn about my people so that's where I learned that he was a Star Wars or that he had done Star Wars but he was a comic book artist very talented so when we started making designs for our company logo and for our, our shirts we did that I also mentioned that I was also a, a Star Trek fan now <laughs> if you look under this logo here our our unit here He designed, that is the same font used for Star Trek The Next Generation.
0: Oh. Uh, So he did that
1: for me. I didn't ask him, but he's like, sir, I know you're a big Star Trek fan, so when I did this, (laughs) there you go. It's like, like, that's awesome. And the one last bit of trivia here. This is the original DT Cavman hat. Original all the way back from 2002. Wow. It is a little sun faded in spots, which why, <laughs> and this was the one I was wearing when we first started the cast. But yep. uh, the one I more commonly wear is a newer one I got. It's a different design, or it's similar design, but different material, a lot newer. But this I got even before I officially received my commission into the Army. So uh, this is... Uh,
0: That's some precious history right there.
1: It is. It's some personal history for me. I always found this to be a, a, kind of a bit of a lucky hat, but this was the DT Casman's first Cav hat. So And, on, and, and on this <laughs> Veterans Day, I'd like to, uh, for any of our viewers who have served and any of, for any of your family members, I say thank you for everything you've done, everything you're doing, everything you will do. It's an honor to serve with you uh, and it was an honor to serve my country and thank you to all of uh, my friends and family who have supported me over the years. Thank you Mac for being a a good friend supporting me throughout the years and uh, for humoring me when I would go off on these (laughs) trusty old vet tangents and picking a couple of topics that fit my wheelhouse on this i hope you found this topic to be uh, interesting at
0: least i liked it i enjoyed it and we didn't even get to talk about the tact, uh, the tactical um uh the tactical logistics issues of the phaser and how it is not a safe weapon at all to protect you in your <laughs> in your location it basically uh, screams i'm right here
1: <laughs> right, so. the beams, which is another reason why I enjoyed the Mako weaponry because they're right. pulses.
0: Uh, and, and, which, it, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Which is a little more tactically sound because then you just don't have a direct immediate line. Granted, with right. all energy weapons and TV, you're going to find the direction much faster <laughs> than if you're firing a bullet, which you cannot see.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: That being said, This is sci-fi. We do enjoy our pew pews with our brightly colored lights. They're pretty. They are. Sometimes Uh, even uh, even us combat soldiers want to look pretty from time to time. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And on that
1: note, I think
0: that is the ultimate ending.
1: (laughs) God, I hope so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. So until next time. Until then, you guys keep dreaming. We'll keep working. So long, everyone. And as always, I'll see you on the high ground. Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by AlphaSite Productions, produced by DT Cavman and P.S. McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin Cloud at Incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow P.S. McKay on Twitter at P.S. McKay, or go to thosescifikais.com for past episode information.